I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome to this week's League Tea podcast. I'm joined by Matt, who is, as you will remember, a Notts County fan, and uh, Jordan, who supports Grimsey. So it's been a big day for Jordan, which we'll we'll get to, but also a big day kind of across the, the leagues in terms of, um, or a big weekend rather, for um records going Stockport and Mansfield <laughs> and some interesting results it felt like Saturday not just in League Two it was the day the football gods chose chaos and I'm all for that <laughs> I mean so am I until you know I lost uh, and we don't condone betting in any way shape or form no. my when team lost because of Stockport Oh, did it? Oh, I could have told. Well, I was telling anyone that had listened that our time had run out. Didn't have to run out then, though, did it? Could have run out tomorrow. It it could have run out tomorrow, but that would have been more painful. We're not great fans of Salford. I mean, obviously, I I've got like a soft spot for Salford, but generally, um, that probably would have hurt the Stockport County fan base more. And they've been quite um, atypically normal about it all there's been very little dummy spitting it's all been well every run has to come to an end very pragmatic we go again on Tuesday if we lose tomorrow then (laughs) then there'll be dummy spitting but I think we've got um well we we do have quite a few injuries and uh Salford have even more so it'll be interesting to see what what happens but yeah we've we've not been playing our best for the last couple of weeks and I think we've been lucky so but yeah Kieran bless him 
was very happy. Um, and we've uh, we've got Jordan back as well. So yeah, go on. Sorry, you were saying. Um, I was gonna. I was thinking it's it's probably for the best that Stockport have quite a pragmatic approach after the after the loss. I think I don't think you can get to what were you on like twelve wins in a row, thirteen. Twelve. This would have been thirteen. Unlucky thirteen. Yeah. You get to twelve wins in a row and lose a game eventually, which obviously you're going to do because there's no way you're going to go the rest of the season winning. Them no, all. right? Yeah. And I don't. I think it's definitely the more it's, it's which isn't you don't say it very often about football fans for any sort of club. However, it's definitely the most sensible way to look at it. Think okay, we had a really good run. We had a great run. It was going to come to an end. Let's just keep the momentum going. And I think you're right. I think on Tuesday, if well, tomorrow, if you do lose tomorrow, then there will be a bit more like, come on now, we've had our loss. I think it'll be even worse. A, because it's Salford and we've got this little like local rivalry. I think there's something like 13 miles between the two grounds, like as the crow right. flies. Um, but we were without Odin Bailey because he's obviously on loan from Salford, so that hasn't helped. But I think Salford have got something like eight of their senior players fit. So they're, you know, they're really, really struggling. Uh, they obviously lost at the weekend to was it MK Dons. Um, but they, yeah, they're, when we watched them against Peterborough, they were properly struggling in terms of I guess not being able to take people off that they maybe would have wanted to and I, yeah. I don't know so yeah they lost 4-2 to um, to MK Dons on Saturday and Matt Smith lost his uh highest scorer in all leagues title that's gone to Jake Young yeah Jake Young yeah, he scored a brace didn't he for um for Bradford no, for Swindon. I think Bradford would love that in a minute. <laughs> I know. Um, I think I can see him. He, I think he'll be back in, in January. Um, I don't think you can't not bring him back. I think with how well he's done no. so far this season, and obviously Bradford, they're, they're not, they've, well, they've won for the first time under Graham Alexander, which is brilliant mm. for them. But goal scoring hasn't been their thing this season. They haven't like been piling in the goals, which really no. they should be with the players they've got. And when you've got someone out on loan who is doing so well goal scoring, yeah. you've got to bring him back, haven't you? Yeah, so Jake Young has scored more goals than Bradford have scored, I think. So no, Bradford got, well, hang on. No, Bradford has scored 21. What's Jake Young up to? I'll... Um, uh, I'll do some research. Surely he can't be on 21. Uh, He's on 15 in 18 no, in League Two. All right, no, yeah, then. They are so close, one off. Still. But no, that is that is ridiculous. You know who else is doing really well? Macaulay Langstaff. Just going to put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. And do you think he's going to get anywhere near the 42? No. He's not, no, I don't think he's again near 42. Is there a trajectory? I can't even, like, I can't remember from last season whether the 42 was, like, evenly spread or whether there was just suddenly a, a goal. I don't know, it was quite even. He pretty much just scored every game. 
And if he didn't score a game, he'd then score a brace. It, right. It, like, he just seemed to score consistently all season. And, <laughs> I mean, so far, he's doing exactly the same thing. He's played 19 games and scored 14, which is really good to say two seasons ago he was in the National League North. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tanto uh, Oliafi, who is, I think, still our highest scorer, has just stopped scoring. Oh, has he? Uh, yeah, I think we we said at the time when he was paired up with Louis Barry, I think he's a confidence player and I think his confidence has gone again. And right. when we were just smashing goals in, he was taking chances. And now he's gone back to being a little bit more cautious and not booting them in. Not that it would have helped us. I mean, he did score on Saturday um, after me saying that. But it's... Um, yeah, I don't. Things have definitely changed in Stockport County's gameplay over the last few weeks. Do you think he could find that confidence again with Kyle Wotton if he like starts to come more into the starting eleven? Uh, yeah, I mean Kyle Wotton's been starting since Louis Barry uh, went, so he's kind of fairly well established, and that was the really nice thing about. Louis Barry's time at the club that he enabled it gave Carl Wilson time to come back from injury slowly yeah, yeah. and kind of in his own time. So yeah, I think I'm grateful for that. But since he's been injured, Carl Wilson slotted back into that role. Right, so okay. um yeah, he just don't know, don't know what it is. Maybe uh, I mean obviously the last couple of games we've missed SARS who, you know, will boot those um, those balls forward. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's all fine. It's all fine. We, we have always been this season, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, um, one of those teams that's kind of uniformly good rather than having some really good outstanding contributors. Yeah. And so that's why there are no county players in the team of the season so far, or whatever it is. Um, I don't, I, one of the things I really want to do because I love data and stats is interrogate those like the who scored and the safest score team of the week and kind of work out why, like yeah, how they because <laughs> some of them they don't. I like um, a Quanquo at, at Wrexham was the. Um, goalkeeper of the week from what I can understand he didn't really have anything to do, kept a clean sheet but so maybe there's some something in that algorithm about you know six goals to nil and that, sh that makes him a very, I don't know it, it, otherwise it's a bit, it must be very very objective Yeah, like if winning six nil is your team dominating for the entire pretty much 90 minutes mm -hmm. So, obviously, you're not going to have a lot to do, if anything, to do. So, how you can be judged as you had the best goalkeeping performance this yeah. week when you had to make one catch from a cross. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I haven't watched the game. It probably was all the cross. But... Maybe it's because there weren't many clean sheets on Saturday. So, no. um, Harry Lewis um, had a clean sheet against Accrington Stanley and whoever the Walsall goalkeeper is. Uh, against Forest Green Rovers. So it may be that a Quanquo, 
one of the things that Stace said on the 606 was that Aquanco's presence has given the defenders a lot more confidence. They're not playing like they're the last not playing like they're the last line of defense anymore. They've got faith in his abilities in the goal for them. And um, so maybe it's maybe it's derived from that. I'm not quite surprising. Sorry, I find yeah. that really surprising that when they have Ben Foster in goal. <laughs> yeah, but then I mean, look how that went. Well, yeah, not very and well. Then the they've, you know, like the Stockport game, five nil. Um, they've they've had some big deficits. I mean, a lot of them they've clawed back, like Swindon. They were they five nil down and it ended up win or drawing five all or something ridiculous. It was something daft like that, yeah. Yeah, so they you know they do manage to to keep them back, but it's um not quite you know that then the number of goals they've conceded is really quite high. Yeah, true. And that's changing. Yeah. So today we've had two managerial appointments. Um, talk to us about David Artel, Jordan. Well, um, well, first, well, first of all, well, we'll see how this works again. Again, uh, hi everyone. <laughs> I think a proper introduction, but um, yeah, um, David Artel, um, new Grimsby boss. Um, I think first and foremost, I think I'm, I'm pleased as. We now have some a main man in the dugout uh, to take us forward. And second of all, I just think it's a fantastic appointment. I think for what we need right now, there was a few names going around in in terms of like the the betting odds and all that stuff of of mainly unproven spots of managers, which was maybe the way we could have gone. But there was only a couple of handful in which um, certainly had that uh, lead to experience. And I put it out. I put it out David Artel early doors because I think I sort of. Despite what the league table says, I sort of see some resemblance with this side to what he had at Crew, uh-huh. um, and I just think for and I just think for what we need, we needed that um, ex- experience head at, at the moment because, I mean, we I make no secret that this season has is has not been the best sitting uh, just a couple of places above the um of the drop zone and um yeah it was it was probably the correct time to pull the plug and pull Hurst as much as he's done. Um, a fantastic job for us, but I just, but I just think now we've now have an opportunity with with Artel. Granted, it will take time. It's it's a project manager he wants, and he's, and he's come out and said this. Um, it it will take it will take time, but I truly believe we've got someone in place now to lead us forward um, in the next three or four four years of, of of progression. And and who knows and who knows what could happen. Just one thing I pointed out as well in in his um in his interviews early doors. Um, he mentioned that he wanted to be part of a plan and not the plan mm-hmm. in which he's mentioned apart from when he when he had interviews at other clubs. Um, I think he was linked with the Bradford one. Would not have been surprised if he was linked with Morecambe recently and just a couple of other jobs. And the fact that he turned down, um, I think it was an assistant role with Standard Liège in Belgium. So I, I just think it's the right fit at the right time. And with it, with his track record of playing um, promising youth players up there, I think we've got a good call of young players, I think someone like Camille Conte, he can, um, I think Artel could really get the best out of him. So, look, I really like the appointment and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, I think that academy setup and um, 
and kind of nurturing of young players that he had at crew is something that he really enjoyed. And he talks about, you know, it's not just about, you know, improving the team, it's about improving players individually. And you don't often hear managers talking about that in terms of, you know, making people better footballers. And it's really nice from a, you know, a player development point of view, you would want to go and play for him if he has that kind of, that outlook. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we're all a little bit obsessed with David Artel at Look Sports Media, but I'm excited to see what he can achieve. And I hope that given that he is a project manager and, you know, when he's, when like in the interviews today, he was talking about wanting to come up with an identity for Crimsby and that it was important that they, they don't have that at the moment. And that was very important for him. One of the things that we talked about when um, when I interviewed him was that he's done all these kind of managerial courses and leadership and, and development. You can see that coming out, but that's not quick. It's not quick to like change management, culture change, building an identity and getting people playing along with that. It's not quick at all. And I hope that the fan base and that the setup at Grimsby accept that and kind of lean into it because I think he'll be brilliant. But he, you know, you can't transform a football club. You can't transform any company uh, in a day. No, of course not. I think um, I think he's been appointed at the right time in terms of the January transfer mm. window is just around the corner. Yeah, um, and obviously I can't imagine there's going to be like wholesale changes in terms of you know a new eleven coming in because that would completely disrupt anything this kind of building already. But it gives him that opportunity then to to kind of sort out. Um, we're just on about the uh, January transfer window coming up and how that's going to benefit Artel um, with changing the the club culture and identity and whatnot. Um, because it allows him to sort of instill his values in the football club now and then add to that with different players in January who may not have now different personalities, which I think is really important. And then you've got the rest of the season to kind of see that starting to come into it, sort of having its impact for the rest of the season. And then I think staying up to mid-table is a realistic aim for Grimsby this season. And then that's a good foundation to build off jumping into the 24-25 season. Um, Jordan, what's happening on the pitch at the moment? So you drew one all with Sutton, who are bottom of the table on 13 points. Was that something that was expected? Was it kind of, in? I mean, obviously in line with recent results, but would you have hoped for something to get to take more from that game? Um... Yeah, I mean, I think the main problem with us at the minute, I think especially recently, I don't think goals was a problem. We've mm -hmm. we scored quite a few, especially under the um, under Ben Davis and Shaw Pearson during this interim period. This five matches that they've had, we scored a lot of goals. Granted, two two of those five games were against Slough in the in the um, FA Cup. But I think the main concern at the minute is conceding goals. We have a really bad problem with that. We have. I feel like we've got two goalkeepers that are very shaky. Um, I, th I think that's certainly a position that we probably need to look to address. But also, I, I think our defence, it's neither shot or shot in confidence or the fact that 
I just don't know that they're not up to it. I put it, I put that down to the form of the four, but quickly I'm starting to turn to the latter. Because I think, to be honest, I mean, Luke Waterfall's been a good player for us, but he's starting to get to that point where he's slowing down in age and you can see it. Now, Omar's always been a trusted defender for us um, in his, well, since he's signed for us. And Harvey Rogers started like the first five games quite well, but he's just fallen off a cliff big time. And I think just the lack of midfield as well. Um, we get carved open way too easy in terms of our midfield as well. We've got Camille Conte playing as more of a, of a de- defensive midfield role. I think he's probably more suited to playing further forward. I think we've all seen seen that as well. I just don't. I just don't think we've got a backbone. That it's the that's the real concern I've got, and it's a big concern. The goal we conceded on Saturday to Sutton was was appalling. It was like a mixture of two, three mistakes. In in one um, left backs nowhere near Smith. The the goalkeeping is terrible. Um, it's certainly a, a big problem we've we've got to look to to address going forward. I think coming in now it gives it gives Artel the next month to sort of see right. Okay, what what do we need to do um, heading heading into January? And um, I th- he'll be backed. I'd, I'd imagine it'd be backed um, with that, but. It's it's certainly a huge problem at, at the minute. But like I said, it's not for the lack of scoring goals because we have as well. We've got Danny Rose that's got like six already. Raquel Pikes had a bit of good form, so is Donovan Wilson. He can hit the back in there. But we've got some good players as well. Abo Issa is very capable of scoring a screamer, as we saw early. Does yeah, now. He completely lost his way. So um, it's a hell of a lot of work to do in the terms of the all-round like backline mainly of the team. And if we sort that out, you know. I think we'll get out of it. No, but I still think we'll get out of it. I think there's worse sides than us, if I'm going to be honest. But I think after after Saturday, I think with the fact that we drew with Forest Green last week, who were also uh, below us as well, there's certainly some sort at the moment for concern. Yeah, um, I saw a great stat that was when you play Crew Alexander, uh, Alexandra rather, on December the 9th, it will be the first time that Crew have faced a former manager in a competitive game since they came up against Jimmy McGuigan in March 1982 with Stockport. It'd be really interesting because yeah. like, Arcel was involved at every level of that club, like as a player and then the academy and then um, as, as man- or assistant manager and manager It'd be interesting to see, you know, how how he approaches that. I mean, I'm sure it'll obviously be going for the jugular, but yeah, it's crazy that they've they've not in what's that, forty years that they've not faced a, a former manager. And he's, I think, yeah. he's very friendly with Lee Bell as well. So, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine he will be. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very interesting uh, start that as well. It's, not sure. I mean, he'd probably get a good reception from. Him. I mean, he did a hell of a lot for Crew, so I'd, I'll, I'll be surprised if they'd be the ones that turn. But at the same time, we're gonna we we should have a good crowd that day, as we've always do. We've had about what we've averaged five and a half thousand a home game as well. We do have a mm-hmm. couple of games beforehand where we go to MK Dons tomorrow night, Oxford in the FA Cup on Saturday, a couple of trips on the road. But um, it will certainly, yeah. But yeah, we, we won't be. I certainly won't be expecting like miracle straight away it, it won't happen this is very much um, as previous mentioned a, a project that will go on for a few years and hopefully by the end by the end of it you know we can sort of reflect on this time with the club similar to to what paul hurst did in terms of success so it, who knows where this takes us it's a 
really exciting times, even um, where we are at the minute. And while we're on crew, they beat Donny 3-2 on Saturday. But all three of their goals came from defenders. Which I don't know. I think it was Connor O'Riordan said that um we're we're showing the strikers how to be in the right place at the right time. It's something I practice, so I back myself to score when I get in those positions. Uh yeah, so all three goals. So I think one from Luke Offord and then two from Connor O'Riordan. Um, and he started and finished that move like a, a season striker. So, yeah, they're, uh, they've only scored, I think they've scored 39 goals, so one less than Stockport and Wrexham uh, after the three on Saturday. So, yeah, neither Chris Long nor uh, Courtney Baker-Richardson, who are there kind of, stalwart strikers got on the score sheet and instead it was it was the defenders which is interesting uh right let's do let's talk about joe so done david artel let's talk about jed brannan <laughs> i i don't know whether you follow i think i can't remember what they're called the morecambe fc feed or something on twitter they have me in stitches every like daily they're so funny but they had retweeted i think it was the i don't know whether it was the official club and they said that they thought that it was a parody that you know they genuinely thought that it was a joke that they'd they'd appointed jeb brannan as as manager given that his only experience of in a managerial role was a 6-0 defeat at well two wrecks them yeah thoughts <laughs> He must have made an incredible impression off the pitch to be given that job. <laughs> yeah, maybe he did a really good like post-game, you know, invigorating team talk or something. Maybe his his CV must have been absolutely glistening, because I don't understand how like he's had no professional managerial experience. Whether look, he's done Accrington Stanley's under twenty threes, and I think he's been an assistant manager. Um, this is his first full like head coach managerial role mm. and the first game he loses six nil maybe and they were relieved it wasn't more pardon maybe they were relieved it wasn't more maybe maybe it was like an eight nil threshold that if he hit that he wouldn't get the job. <laughs> like let's come away with this <laughs> but i don't understand how you can lose six nil and then tweet we're delighted to announce it's like that is not a good thing <laughs> I think it, it, it he's probably a cheap option. I wonder with the the, the whole Artel Grimsby thing, and obviously Artel had been uh, interviewing at Bradford. That's that's relatively common knowledge. I wonder whether Morecambe found out yesterday, this morning, that he was signing at Grimsby, and they didn't really have another best option lined up. And uh, maybe a financial one as well. They obviously got, I think I saw 90,000 mentioned for Derek Adams from Ross County. Maybe they're preferring to use that on the pitch in January towards their kind of transfer budget rather than for a manager. Because I'm assuming that uh, Jeb Brannan's on a lower salary as well than, than Derek Adams would have been. Yeah, it's a funny one, but 
I don't know, maybe also they think, do you know what? Maybe it'll be a short tenure if he doesn't if he doesn't prove himself, then he's yeah. got, I don't know, however many months and that's what I was about to ask. Do we know how long his contract is at Morecambe? Because I have no idea. No, Grimsby um, was 25-26, wasn't it, for Artel? Yeah, was, yeah he's on. Yeah, Artel's on a two-year. I'm just trying to see if it quick looks at whether no, it's well, in the, in the announcement, it I just think says it did. the appointment of the first team manager, but I haven't read the press release in fairness. Right. Um, um, uh, reading a statement, he is pending an 18 month contract. Oh, wow. With more he wouldn't have gone so, for uh, less, though. No, the, yeah, it, it doesn't really demonstrate commitment to him. No, like, I suppose I mean, not. 18 months is like you don't often see 18 month contracts for managers nowadays. Um, think, yeah, and I think you're right about him having a lesser wage than. Derek Adams, I think he yeah. would demand a lesser yeah. wage because of his well, yeah. less experience. Uh, they've got Morecambe, and they've got Newport County tomorrow night. Uh, so that will be interesting. And it's then we've got cup games, haven't we? And yeah. then we've got them. The, the week uh, just, after. Just one thing. Like, sorry, sorry. Uh, just one thing I'd say on the. Um, the uh, Morecambe's appointment. I would not have been as surprised if it was pre-planned. Uh, be, be, well, before the uh, the weekend, for the uh, the, the Rexham game, I would not have been surprised at all. I think they were good. It just screams to me they were going to give them the job anyway, de dependent on on the result. I think they'd already decided the route they wanted to go down. Um, so it sort of took me by surprise this morning. That, but yeah, it, it just seemed really. Poor time, especially at the weekend, and still morning after Paul Mullen absolutely tore my new one. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, it does scream cheap, doesn't it? I, I don't think there's any complaints with that. No, we'll see. They're, um, I mean, at the moment, they are sitting 12th, they've they've dropped a fair bit over the last few weeks, but. Because I think at one point they've got games in hand, haven't they? And they were sitting in like fourth or fifth, maybe. Yeah, but they there's really that really. So you've got Accrington on 29. <laughs> Matt's favourite team, Wimbledon, on 28. Gillingham on 28. <laughs> and then <laughs> Swindon, Crawley, and Morecambe all on 27. And then MK Dodds on 26. So, you know, one game, if other results go their way, takes them up to seventh. Um, which is, you know, ridiculous at the moment. There's the like with all that congestion and play uh, teams on the same uh, point. You can didn't Donny the other week not play and still went up the table because of the goal difference because they were even on even on points. So it is very tight and and continues to be so. Um, and let's do. While we're talking about kind of the league table, so you've got Mansfield now on 35 with a game in hand. Their unbeaten record came to an end. It may, like, I know it makes me sound really petty and Mansfield fans will say to Liam and I that we really don't like Mansfield. But I was a little bit relieved that their record went on Saturday as well. Uh, with a 90th minute winner from 
Jake Young. They were they not how many games would they have been? Oh, they uh, they would have been 17 of them. Yeah. Um so and, that, I mean uh, massive achievements. Yeah, and it, like it's um them and Stockport obviously on fantastic runs respectively. Yeah. Um, but Mansfield, they did get a lot of draws in that. I'm just they got they've got the most draws out of the entire league. Yeah. Uh, not taking away anything from Mansfield. Like 17 unbeaten is absolutely unreal. Um yeah. however much it might pain me a little bit as a Knox County fan, Mansfield have <laughs> Um, mm. yeah, it's it, it, like kind of like Stockport, so it, it, they have to come to an end at some point. Um, yeah. I think Mansell can maybe be a bit grateful that it wasn't to someone like Wrexham or Stockport who are really around them, like, yeah, but also a little bit frustrating yeah. for them as well. Like, I remember on the I think it was the 606 last week, I was like, oh, like because the Swindon fans were being typically very negative. I thought, oh, Swindon will just do Swindon things and they'll end the run. And it was a bit like, <laughs> you know, okay. And and that's exactly what happened. And Nigel Clough said he was disappointed in the manner in, the, it, it, in which it ended, given that Jake Young's goal was fairly scrappy at the end. Um, and it was actually 18 because they won the last game of the season. So if you kind of, if you carry it on. But Jake Young's now five from five. Um, which is incredible and be interesting to see what Swindon pull out of the bag in the transfer window because they're likely to lose Dan Kemp back as well. Where's Dan and Kemp? MK Dons. Um, MK Dons, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but He's, I think uh, didn't get on well with Alexander. And, and you know, and... I've heard the same about Young and Sparks. Certain Sparks. Oh my goodness. Mark Hughes. <laughs> Sparky, you see? Like that's in my, in it my might head. as well have been <laughs> with Ryan Sparks. Um yeah, so both of them have, you know, obviously the managers have moved on. So but I did read something earlier saying that Dan, they thought Dan Kemp would go up to League One. He wouldn't oh, necessarily right. Back to to MK Don be looking to sell him on, uh, but Jake Young I think is likely to go back to Bradford. I think he has to. Yes, I think yeah, Bradford would be. I think it'd be really daft decision for them to either let him stay. It'd be worse for him to let him stay at Swindon because he's only scoring goals yeah. for him. And they're competing. It's with. Goals fun. <laughs> I think yeah. exactly. And when you've got sorry, sorry to interrupt, but but when you've I'm got sorry. someone on that as well, it, it's clearly. An indication of what they're doing is right, and being uh, on the wrong on the wrong end of uh, of management, as Jake Young seemed to be with with Mark Hughes as well. So, um, yeah, it's a bit a bit like with the um, the uh, Dan Kemp situation. Should be playing, should be playing in League One. He is ridiculous. I mean, the bloke still gives me nightmares, not just from this season, but from last year at Hartlepool when he bagged a hat trick at Lundell Park. So uh, he was an absolute machine on day. But but yeah, but sometimes you just need to, um, you know, certain managers need to um, put their arm around around the player. And some of the probably they didn't do it other clubs, but I think with with Bradford uh, now under a new management as well, they'd be foolish to to not bring it back in Jan. It's It'll be absolutely bonkers if if they don't. 
Yeah. Right. Let's have a little ad break and then, then Matt can tell us all about Wimbledon and Notts mm. County because the like honestly as a as a kind of you, you start to look at the table don't you or you look at the results of teams around you and so I, at the moment I always look at Mansfield look at Notts County I look at Wrexham uh don't weirdly don't really look at Crew and Barrow I think and they're kind of on a like silent ninja ascension we'll talk about Barrow later as well Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so Matt, tell us about Saturday. Well, we lost. Um, I think we can move on to the next game now, probably. All <laughs> <laughs> so, right, we're look I'm, from someone that's nowhere near the top, unlike you two. You know, I'm all up. I know all about losing. So come on, sunshine, crack up. Um, so yeah, Notts um, came to a four-two defeat against Wimbledon. Um, that is our third loss in four matches. Which in the league, which isn't really a great record, um, considering how we started the season. I think it puts it put it into a perspective of, you know, this is our first season back in the EFL. It's not terrible, but in the context of how this season's gone so far, that's what's making people more unhappy. Because I'm seeing on Twitter a lot that at the start of the season, we kind of said if we got round playoffs, that's a success of a season in my eyes. If we get to, uh, so people saying if we get top half. Of the, in this league this season, that's a success. But now, because we've dropped out of the automatics, it's becoming a failure to get those things because of how well we've started. When I think we started brilliantly, don't get me wrong, and obviously expectations can change over time. But the first half of the season, if we can be in the playoffs, that's a fantastic achievement. Mm. Uh, however, I am a very optimistic fan, so I would say that. Uh, <laughs> our defence has been pretty poor. Um, two penalties we gave away against Wimbledon. Both of them were penalties. Both of them just very lazy fouls. And we weren't even like giving cards for them. It was mm. just a, a leg dangling out. And I think, I don't even know how the second one happened. They just kind of fell into the player. Like it wasn't in terms of like they tried to tackle and missed. It was, they, they just kind of fell over each other into the player. And it was obviously then a penalty. It's, it's things like our defence has been so... Pretty poor. I think it, we are the third worst defence in the league. We have a Jordan, we have a worst defence in Grimsby. 
uh, on goals conceded. That is incredible. That is incredible, actually, looking at how we defend. So, <laughs> incredible is not but, the word I'd use. At the same time, it doesn't. But at the same time, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, I saw it first hand at Merlin when when we were there. The goals that we did score on on a knots point of view looked poor. Yeah, no, our defence is shaky, and that's one good thing is that uh, Makari is rumoured to join us in January on mm-hmm. um, when his contract expires at Stoke, which I would be so happy with. Uh, he's not playing much at the moment, but there's a little bit of me which thinks that that's because they're, they're being a bit cheeky with it, and if they show off that he's brilliant, Stoke are going to win. Because it's like only a month. If they play him intermittently, right, it doesn't show off massively how good he actually is. So yeah. Stoke will think, oh, if he's not getting the game time there, he's not going to get it here. Whether that's me being completely wrong and way too far into it, that's it's very possible. But I really wanted to say we need defensive recruitments. Hundred percent, we need them. Um, like I absolutely love Kyle Cameron. I love Aidan Baldwin. I love Macari, Richard Brindley, Rawlinson. Um, I like Jody Jones. No matter, I, lo- I like them all, not equally. Um, <laughs> so diplomatic. We need some defensive reinforcements. We need somebody who can sit in the centre. Like Baldwin does a brilliant job. But when Baldwin drops a clanger, he drops a clanger. And that means we concede three goals. Mm-hmm. We need. Somebody, if Baldwin is getting midway through a game and they think, this isn't going well. Someone needs to be able to come on, take that role and make it steady again. Because we haven't yeah. got anybody. We need we need like a younger Luke Waterfall type character who can come in, solidify that back three and make it all better. But <laughs> that's what we need in January. Um, Al Hamadi well. is absolutely unreal. The Wimbledon. Yeah, he, he is. Decided that he didn't like us and played his absolute socks off. He was brilliant. No, he's uh, he's just playing for his future, isn't he? In terms oh, of he is. He is showcasing he is. his abilities for January. Yeah, isn't he twenty-one? I know he's very young. Yeah, he's he's not old as well. He's also scarily scarily. Is that one? But yeah, absolutely rapid as well. He came off as a sub on the first day of the season, and my god, he scared the life out of me. With his uh sheer with his sheer pace, but it, I mean he missed a pen on that. They probably won't. They've got Jake Reeves on pens now. So um, yep. So, yeah, yeah he, is, he is twenty one, March two thousand and two. Oh my god, he's genuinely that's not too much older than me. <laughs> that's horrid. Um, um, but it's interesting because like he was one to watch at the beginning of the season. He was brilliant last year. And I know there was interest from higher leagues over the summer. And I think Wimbledon have a price that they want for him. And that wasn't what was on offer. Uh, So it will be really interesting to see, given that over the last few weeks, he has come into his own. He's, you know, hit his scoring potential again. It'll be interesting to see. I can't see him staying. I would doubt it with how well he's doing. I did say that in the summer, though, in fairness. Um, But, Um, yeah, let's see when his contract's up. Oh, you see, he's he's still got 18 months in his contract. 
it's due June 2025. So Wimbledon, you would expect to get a decent amount for him. They he went from Wickham um and then his values kind of gone from a well, estimated value and, and and this is transfer marks so you can't go off it but as an indication it's saying that over the summer his market value was 175,000 euros and now it's 300,000 so yeah i think well it'd be interesting i know that what they were asking for him wasn't what people were willing to offer but things change and you know people if someone's got a gap now uh, for a right-footed centre-forward, then they might be will more willing to pay than they were in the summer. Yes, yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, on the subject of Jake Reeves, a former Notch player, he scored a brace against us with two penalties. Ah. So that was nice to see him again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny because we've got, we've got two players out on loan at, um, at Wimbledon, but I've not... So Connor, Lemonhay Evans and Jay Lewis. And I've not really heard much about them at all. Uh, Connor had said something on Twitter after the weekend about staying away from the edge of the box. So I don't know what dramas he's been involved in. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether they, they come back in January or not, given that we are a little bit light at the moment. Um, right. Oh, got two Jordans. Ooh, this is, there, there we go. go. <laughs> yeah, magic. <laughs> uh, let's so talk about briefly and diplomatically. Did you see what went on at Culture Sparrow? This has been a massive topic of discussion on Twitter, where you know. Everyone, as you can expect, is being completely level-headed about it and absolutely not suggesting that culture should be relegated as a consequence. Uh, so it's, it's, it's standard league two shenanigans, but Pete Wilde, Pete Wilde ended up getting sent off in the aftermath. Uh, so what happened was Luke Gotts um, went up for a header. Some... Some intent, but you know, nothing. I don't think it was particularly malicious. Down on the ground, not moving. They were kind of into um, head injury protocols and had two medics over him. And then Egbo, for reasons that will never ever make sense to me, decided to come and like, I don't know whether he was telling him to get up, but kind of muscling in. They're trying to treat this like, and then, you know, everyone's piling in and there's there's bodies everywhere. Um, and, and Luke Gotts gets up, clearly, you know, a little bit startled. And uh, the club, Barrow, have confirmed today that he is out for a minimum of, of seven days. They're following the concussion protocols uh, that, that they need to. And it's one of those uh, incidents that hasn't been covered in any of the highlights. It's so we don't know whether maybe the PGMOL are looking into it and that's why it's it's kind of been quite quietly dealt with. But my goodness, the Barrow fan base are absolutely kind of up in arms over 
um, Egbo and, and Colchester and how it was dealt with because there was no there were no repercussions for Egbo at all. Um, no, no action whatsoever. And Pete Wilde, you know, was absolutely understandably furious. You know, his his medics are on the pitch. Uh, his player is injured and and down, and they and this and Egbo just kind of rocks up and and starts interfering. Absolutely bizarre, but. Uh, uh, Barrow obviously went on to win. They won four nil, um, and it was one. They were one nil down at half time. Sorry, four one. Uh, they were one nil down at half time, and it's almost like it was the the catalyst that they needed to yeah. uh, to come out. I mean, obviously, Pete Wilde. Um, I don't know where he's watching from the stands or or what, but yeah, an interesting, just normal for League Two type scenario um um yeah to be honest, I, i've only yeah. seen little bits on twitter i don't have yeah. any sort of information to comment on but mm. from what you've told me how uh, did you say yeah yeah how he didn't face some sort of repercussion just just well, in, if, even if he wasn't um it wasn't going through the like the protocol afterwards mm-hmm. um, surely interfering with a medic should be a punishable offence on the football yeah field. absolutely um yeah I don't I don't get it at all um but you know on the like I mean I know this is on the pitch but like pitch side Barrow you know four goals in the second half um a hat-trick from George Ray so we always talk about hat-tricks in League Two this season so we had Mullen in the Morecambe game and then uh, George Ray in in the Barrow game, and then um, Zach Mitchell got an uh, what was an own goal in the ninety fifth minute, which I'm sure just added insult to injury. But McGeehan scored for Colchester against Stockport the two weeks before. He was brilliant, um, really really impressive. And the the Barrow fans on the um, six oh six last night were saying, you know, that again they were pleasantly surprised by Colchester's performance. And like Stockport, it was that second half where they'd almost got the measure of them and then yeah. can can do something about them. Um, but, you know, Barrow, I think that takes them eight. No, no, row. Barrow were fifth. Oh, no, 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 eight in a row. Oh, Ten, sorry, seven. I thought you were asking. Oh, yeah. No, 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 they're they're next up. No, so five, uh, one, two, let me go to 10, 10 matches for Barrow. So they last lost to Grimsby. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, awful game, we won't talk about it. uh, And then they're unbeaten in the last nine and now four wins on the crop against Morecambe, Bradford, Crawley and Colchester. Uh, so they're definitely, they're, I'm fairly sure that over six matches and four, they're the informed team now. They are doing fantastically yeah. well. It's just Pete yeah. Wilde. Pete Wilde. Just Pete, yeah, Pete Wilde all yeah. over. Doing Pete Wilde things. Yeah. yeah, but properly sneaking up. Um, 
in a very measured, quiet way. And I think that's how they like it. They like to surprise people. They want to be, you know, this fortress that people are not looking forward to going. I mean, I'm not looking forward to going there on Boxing Day just because it's a bit of a track and I think it'll be a bit cold. <laughs> it's, a, you know, not a lovely stadium. But... Um, yeah, they they drew with Salford, interestingly. And and Salford are another team who, like Newport, have just pulled odd results out. You know, they are incredibly inconsistent and then like will beat crew. And I know there were extenuating circumstances with that and, and the refereeing and some of that was a bit dodgy, but they yeah, they're the blip on uh, Barrow's last six, which is interesting given their position in the table and their form. Um, yeah. Barrow and but, Crew both seem to be very silently sneaking up the table. Like yeah. Crew are on the same matches played and same points as Mansfield, mm-hmm. and they're only a point behind Wrexham yeah. with a game in hand. Like yeah. if they win. I know it's if, if, buts and maybes, but if they win their game in hand and Mansfield draw or lose, they go to second place. Yeah. And where's that come from? Lee Bell's doing have. what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about the whole Artel Bell situation. Obviously, Artel was released when they were relegated. I think, and he wanted to stay. He's been quite open about that. I think it would be really interesting to see what would have happened to Crew under Artel last season, because last season they were, I don't know, mid to kind of top of the second half. I think most of the season they just didn't really threaten at all. Uh, whereas this season they are consistently grinding out results in the last six their only non-win was to to stop port and they lost two now um so yeah be interesting lee bell's doing a great job and has kind of it's almost like last year was their i don't know like consolidation they've got mickey dramitri from newport who's been brilliant courtney baker richardson uh, they've got Aaron Rowe, who was at County last year and didn't do anything, um, but seems to have, have fitted in there. So, yeah, I think crew are definitely one to watch. Um, Salford play Stockport tomorrow. They're interesting at the moment. So they had one of the, the things that made them last season was they had that strike partnership between Calm Hendry and Elliot Watt. What's happened this season is that Elliot Watt had that um, kind of appendicitis surgery, but it wasn't just appendicitis. It was kind of more involved than that. So longer recovery. The game that he came back, which is against Notts County, Cal gets injured and he's still not back. He's back at training now. So getting towards being back and now Elliot Watt's injured again. They just can't seem to catch a break but it'll be interesting to see what happens and given that they are so short they've sent Marcus Dackers out to Altrincham he scored against Solihull on Saturday in his debut 
Um, and another lad who's been on the bench as well for Salford has gone out on loan. Um, and then obviously Odin Bailey to Stockport. So some odd, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there will, I'm sure there will be excellent reasons why. But when they're that short, it feels... I can't quite get my head around why you'd be play, sending players out that have, you know, who have been playing and, well, bench players anyway. Yeah, no, it, uh, I don't think it really makes much sense when you're already kind of on your bare bones in terms of players. Mm-hmm. Why then it's a good idea to send more players out? I don't understand that. Yeah, no. It's really, yeah. it's really bizarre, isn't it? I just think with with them at the minute, of course, they need all the numbers they can get as well. So if the, it, yeah, it just seems mad that the learning, that the learning plays out when clearly at this moment in time they need the bodies with the amount of injuries that that seem to have been piling up in a sense as well. So yeah, weird. Yeah, and the other one as well is that when they're counting their kind of eight senior players. They're also including people like Kelly and Mai, who has been great for them. I think he scored on Saturday, but he hasn't, he wasn't like in the squad at the beginning of the season. So, you know, it's actually worse than it looks on uh, at first glance because, but they've, they've got that. But, you know, Salford are tenacious. They were known last season for grinding out wins in the last minute. And to, I think it was Wimbledon. They were, you know, Two 0 down and ended up winning three two with two goals in injury time or something ridiculous. So you know historically they have absolutely got it in them, and you know I absolutely am not writing them off for tomorrow. But as we've seen over the last few days, football math does not Doesn't work. work. No. <laughs> so let's see. Um, yeah, funny things happening. Like, we're not supposed to call it a derby. County fans get really upset when you call it a derby. Um, but, you know, funny things happen with, like, local rivalries. and Yeah, it might not be a historical yeah. derby game, but you are in very close, like, proximity to one another. So a lot of yeah. I imagine a lot of people in Stockport will support Salford and vice versa just because of the proximity yeah and they've I, got I that history yeah. with United fans so they've got a lot of you know United fans who have either got a bit disillusioned with Manchester United and have mm. started supporting Salford or it's like a second team so um Jake who writes for Look Sports Media he lives in in Wilmslow which is much closer to Edgley Park than it is to Salford. But I think his background with um, with his dad and, and kind of three following Manchester United, and that's quite common uh, when you look at the tweets and, and, and messages on that it's not unusual to see that they're also United fans. But yeah, it makes sense given the ownership and the history. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I remember going last season, and I, I do remember a fair few United shirts, which is not great. But at the same time, you know, it's it's an indication of more people trying to get to um, a, a somewhat local, somewhat local side from from around the area, as, as you mentioned as well. For, mainly for Man United, we, I know we all make a joke about it and and whatnot, but it it is actually a good, a good thing in a sense, and they're, they're stopped 
continues to keep rising in, in terms of the uh, the uh, the fans. Yeah. Right. I think we've got to the end of our hour. So this week's a little bit different. Uh, we've never done this before in that normally if we have the Tuesday games, we just don't do anything. This week's a little bit different in that there is a 6.06 at 7pm on Wednesday. And we're also recording a League Two podcast on Wednesday, looking back at Tuesday's games. Uh, so they will all be up on normal platforms so spotify apple amazon podcasts uh youtube uh by thursday morning um because otherwise they kind of get a bit like it's done there's been another set of games since then so uh we'll we'll try it and it may be that on on games on weeks where there's you know saturday and a tuesday we actually do the podcast on a wednesday but if you have any preferences when you're when you're listening and um people that have been listening for a while then it would definitely be useful to hear your feedback and what you think we should do because yeah always open to suggestions uh so if you're watching on youtube uh you'll have had the benefit of my udi for the last hour which i apologize for but also it's freezing in the office and i'm not very well and uh yeah it is what it is um, but if you're on YouTube, then you can uh, like and subscribe uh, by pressing the relevant buttons. And you can uh, follow us on at Look Sports Media uh, on the web on the on the website. Uh, the website is at uh, thelooksports.com. Uh, we add articles a ridiculous a ridiculous frequency at the moment. In terms of of contacts, I think this week we've got Richie Wellens um, that we're interviewing. So that's the kind of the big interview this week. Obviously at Leighton Orient in League Two um, last season and previously at Swindon. So there'll be lots of of League Two relevance there. And then otherwise we'll be back with the breakdown on Thursday night and then the six oh sixes. 6.06 on Sunday at 7 and then we'll do it all again but a little bit less next week because there's no Tuesday game and then we've got FA Cup so I think we get a week off <laughs> we've got older shot though so we'll see how that goes that's going right. to be difficult you know yeah. oh, I think um, older shot are doing well in the National League at the moment uh, and after that swing and result um it is what it is but Paul, then also, right. you are top of league two yeah 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 uh yeah Newport the Newport fans will tattoo we're like top of the league you're having a laugh like <laughs> still top of the league <laughs> but yeah no one there's no ego. Uh, it's it's November and things can change very very dramatically in league two particularly this season because there's so much um going on in terms of um congestion with with points uh right thanks matt thanks jordan um we shall see you next week uh we've been at look sports media
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.